crunchy, a little crunchy ramen. Yeah, yeah, nice. Dude, crunchy ramen. It's the shit. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo and AJ coming to you live from the Breckenridge Brewery Farmhouse down in Littleton. Having a good True. time, drinking a couple beers, trying to drink away our sorrows about Gabe Landeskog's timeline being at best a little bit delayed. Yeah, it's uh, look. So the official the official word from Colorado is the expectation is now targeting early March. Yeah, for a Landeskog return. Are you panicking, AJ? I don't want to say panicking, but I'll say I wasn't worried when it went from early January to. We'll see. Because it always made sense to me. If it's going to be early January, you might as well just wait for the All-Star yeah. break. Yeah. Wait for, because they've, they've got nine days off. You have nine days in between games. It just made sense. Let that guy work into it, try and figure it all out, you know, whatever. Yeah. But now that, now that that timeline is now, okay, well, now it's the extra. You're talking about there will be less than a month. Of the regular From the season time left, that he, yeah. he will play less than one month of regular season hockey before they get into the postseason, you've run out of runway. Yeah. Any setback from this point on, you're talking about him not being available for the entire season. Now, <laughs> if I'm looking at the optimist side, Landy didn't return until the playoffs for last year, and that worked out okay. True. But, but you know, because of that, it re-aggravated it, it what he was him, dealing with, for sure. It put him sure. on to the timeline that he's on now. It set true. him on this path, and obviously they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's hard to do better than that. <laughs> so it's all good. Um, I, I, it, it does put a real hamper in, in, on their repeat plans, though, if this continues to be a thing that lingers and whatever, and if he comes back. And it's too soon again. I mean, you got big problems. You have you have to. I would prefer that they punt entirely on this year than have it be something that lingers on in the next season. Uh, I will say, for the second year of an eight-year deal, it's a little early. Yeah, not what you wanted. You don't want a guy that gets onto the wrong side of thirty, missing full years that early with with knee problems, yeah, missing the the number of games that he has. That is not encouraging. Feel great about it, especially for a guy like Landy who does have a little bit of that physical edge to his game. Certainly, like he needs that. Well, in in skating. It's not that he was so fleet of foot before, but he was a fine skater. He fit in with the pace. Keep up with Colorado. He had no issues there, but if he starts to lose half a step here and half a step, I mean. Look how quickly it happened with Eric Johnson, another guy with chronic knee problems, and then it was just gone. And yeah. you look at it, you look at his mobility now, and you're really glad that the Avs are not tied to him for another four years at a at a big number. Yep, it's just true. It, and look with Landy, I, I honestly I think you're still fine. It's just you need to not see this timeline continue to get pushed back. Yeah, if he returns. Honestly, any time in March, at 100%. He's yeah. not coming back early. Yeah. You feel okay with it. Absolutely. So. I think it's I think it's really more like for the Avs, it becomes quote-unquote worst-case scenario for a guy to come back in mid-March where you're now weeks past the trade deadline, but yeah. he's returning before the end of the season. So you approach the deadline with you can't. 
spend you can't go crazy spending that money with Landy returning. You know that money's gonna count against the cap. Exactly. Again. You're yeah. gonna need to keep the Landy space. You're not gonna be able to just say, well that's seven million dollars we have for the rest of the year. <laughs> Done. And, I mean is is this a consideration? Are you considering if you're Colorado pulling a pulling a Kucherov here? At what point are you like, hey, we're only a month away from the playoffs anyway? Um, <laughs> I know it's tough. I know. I guess it kind of, I guess it depends on what the opportunities are at the deadline. It's a fair point. Because if you have an opportunity to really do something that you think could be special for them. Make a big splash with that yeah, extra dollars. And make a really yeah. big impact, then maybe you do consider it. You just say, hey, give him the extra month and we'll just hope for the best with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that it for me it would depend probably on the deadline. Okay. So it's a tough spot. Obviously this year's deadline is a little bit all over the place. There are some high value assets. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show uh, on exactly how that might look with the Landis God conversation. Yeah. But for now, you're in a bit of a weird spot because the Avs essentially are continuing to operate without Landy until he's here, right? Yeah. So and this is the forward core that they have. You know, you'd love Natushkin to be able to stay healthy a yeah. little bit for sure. Would would help fill in a lot of those roles uh, on the front side of it. Landy is on LTIR. Yeah. As uh, as has been described. Um, Hi, it, friends. Hey, what's up? I Jesus. got a mic. Let's go. Am I too loud? No, you just oh. startled me. Yeah. Well, I just was trying to find like a time to like be like, hi. Oh. I haven't been. I haven't produced a show in a long time. So it's it's been a while since. I wanted to grab a mic. There you go. Wish the pod mom happy birthday. True. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> but I am a little bit curious. There have been a little bit of conversations about. The leadership on the Colorado Avalanche with with Gabe Landeskog out. Yeah. How I mean, losses like last night exactly, where you're like, yeah. look, it's not that these losses didn't happen when sure. Landeskog was in the lineup. Certainly like, a little bit less frequently, though. Like he's, but, but you do say, hey, having that voice and having that leader, having that guy that you look to, and not having that all season long has, it, it's not a rudderless ship, of course. No. But it's tougher when it's, it, it lacks a little bit of that steady hand, like, I would say. Every team has a leadership group, and that's all good and well. But it's not its not the same as having the guy, the sure. guy that you look to, the guy that sets the tone. And he does it in games so often that, you know, the it, it's not just a locker room thing or what. It's, it's the way that he plays. It's the way that he... Approaches each shift, you know, it's the... As much by example yeah, as, and, as and vocally. Like, you just don't... Uh, with Landy around, you didn't see a lot of these efforts where they would just shut it down. Yeah. Effort-wise. Team-wide, everybody, the, the kind of personality would just be like, well, we're good. Yep. We're in position to win this game. We're good enough to win this game. Yeah. Like, I, and this is where we had talked about approaching his free agency, why we weren't comfortable with the idea of it being a Nathan McKinnon taking over as the C. Yeah, because you're seeing some of the deficiencies, and that's it's unfair to pin all of that on McKinnon. Of for course, sure. it, the the concept of leadership, you know, this it, it is very much a group thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And 
it, it, it does hurt to not have that guy, though, around for them. And, you know, I, how, many, how many games difference would it make? I mean, you have to think it's two or three wins this year. Yeah, I, I would think at least two for sure. I, there's a couple of games where it's simply having a voice to say, yeah, calm down. Yeah, hey, we got this. Let's just keep, let's steady the ship. Let's do our thing. Yep. And, you know, again, I don't want to take too much away from Colorado's current lineup. They have plenty of, of leaders, both by example and vocally, whether you, you look at, you know, Makar, Cogliano as a veteran guy. Yeah. But you can definitely feel the, the missing bit with Landis Scott. Yeah. There's, there's no I mean, doubt he's, about that. We've talked about it so much this year that he's really, like, the guy that ties it all together, that, that puts them on a different level. Yep. You know, we're seeing the M's right now. This beat-up, janky version of them <laughs> is a borderline playoff team, even as is. Yep. But you throw in a healthy Bowen Byram and a healthy Josh Manson and a healthy Gabe Landeskog, you know, your forward core gets to a different level. Your defense gets to a different level. Yep. And you, you're just like, look, this is... A, it's just a different dynamic. Your team is just that much better. In every way. So you're significantly better. Yeah. It's not that complicated. You're talking about $13 million right now worth a player that's not in your lineup. Yep. It, it's a big deal. And, yeah. you know, again, there's no reason for the Avs to rush someone like Landy back. You want to get that guy back to 100%. You want to make sure he's good to go. Yeah. But also could be a significant difference, an impact player in the stretch run, if, well, of, if he can come back at that point. It's it's like <laughs> this is a 30-goal guy for you, you know, and, yeah. and, and even if you want to say that that's a stretch because he's only, it hasn't been consistently 30. 20 to 30 every year. But yeah, right? he has like he's like eight 20-goal seasons, like yeah. something like that. Seven or eight of them. So you're talking about this is a guy that gets the job done for you and is one of your best two-way players. I'm, I know everybody's been all over the Val Nachushkin with him, without him in the lineup, and his the value of his two-way play. Sure. I'd be willing to bet that if they had Landeskog <laughs> while Nachushkin was out, they still won you'd, a lot of those games. You'd miss Val a lot less. Exactly. Yeah. Nachushkin's value isn't so much in that he is singular because between Val and Landy, they've got really similar archetypes of players. Yeah, for sure. It's Having both of them out really does hurt. And then and then you take out the defense, and you see, you get like last night. Yep. Where the team defense starts to lag a little bit, and it's just not very good. You don't have that shift with a guy that can just pick up the team and get them going the right direction. Yeah. And that's true of not having Josh Manson and Bowen Byram as well, certainly yeah, on the for defensive sure. end. but. It's Last night's problems were not the injuries, of course. That was no. The, the, I mean, they were again. Two twenty left in the in the second period. They're up three one, yeah. and shots were thirty to eleven. Like they were there. They were. They were. They had. They were there. And then they got cratered and couldn't get the save. And Good lord! Yeah, that it was, was just that. problems yeah. compounded problems. Ain't that the truth of every loss in history? <sighs> and, and this is the thing with with the, the Landy situation is that's what you're trying to avoid. You can't compound this problem anymore yeah. for, for Gabe. You already talked about a guy who came back early 
once. Yeah. To help the Avs win a cup, totally worth it, obviously. Totally. But you now cannot continue to mess with that if you want any longevity at all yeah. out of that hockey player. And, you know, thankfully the Avs are looking to get some health here after the, the All-Star break where they should get certainly Manson and, and by the looks of it today Byron is taking full practice. So. I, will, I mean you do have to say you mentioned longevity but it is a really important consideration that this is not the end of time. Yep. This season is not the there's, last NHL there's season. There's always another year. Yeah. That you are you do have six years remaining of Gabe Landeskog's current contract. Yeah. That if you have to punt on this season entirely as much as you hate that and it's what's best for his knee long term to try and try and set him up to or, be in a position to be healthy at the start of training camp next year. You have to do that, what you have to do. It might just there. be the best yeah. decision to make. Agree. And you hate that. You hate that. You that is like breaking case of emergency, last like Absolutely. last resort. Like that is not something you want to default to. But it is it is not off the table, I think. Where you just have to be concerned that when it comes down to if your options are ruin the rest of his career. Go or, to court right now. Right. Or give him this year off and you get another four, five, six good years out of it. Yeah. You have to make the smart decision. And there's no guarantee that you get those. For sure. And that's the that's the dice roll is that there's no guarantee that they are they that they build a team as good as the one that they have right now. They're gonna it's continue to true. get more expensive. Devon Taves has a contract extension that he needs. Or you know, he walks, yeah. <clears throat> it's probably going to come at the expense of Sam Gerrard. Uh, when push comes to shove, that's probably where that goes. Um, and it, you know, you don't know that you'll ever have an opportunity as good as this one. Miko Rantanen's going to get more expensive. Kale McCarr is going to get more expensive. Like, no one's getting cheaper. This, ro sure. this roster is going to be extremely hard to keep together because they've gotten insane value over the last few years. So you can look at it and say they might be due for a little bit of they, – they might be in some trouble long-term uh, in terms of being able to get to that next level. Not being able to make the playoffs and be good and competitive and hang around. But being a true cup contender. that next yeah. level. Yeah, exactly. And to be one of those five teams on any given year that you take seriously that can actually get through four the, rounds. It, and look, I mean, this is where they have to get value out of guys like Jean-Luc Foudy. Sample yeah, well, ran to Oscar Olaus and take your pick. Exactly. Right? They have to. Sean Barron has to come in and replace yeah. Sam Gerrard and, yeah. you know, whatever. And, or Devon Taves or whatever it ends up being, sure. of course. The guy who ends up moving on is we'll cross that bridge when we get yeah. there. I mean, this is Ryan Merkley. <laughs> yeah. Another if, if, they could get, if they could get an NHL, a real NHL player out of Ryan Merkley, man, that trade is... Totally different. Yep, it's it's very true. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. We're here at the farmhouse in Littleton, if you can't tell. Uh, a beautiful venue to just come down and have a beer or have a, have a day. It's, it's an awesome place. Last time we were here, we were vibing with the Stanley Cup, so that was pretty cool. Uh, you can't go wrong with Breck Brewery. Feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? It, it honestly feels like four years ago. <laughs> Somehow the Evs are still defending champs, but that feels so long ago. Uh, obviously, they have amazing beer. You can find them at your local liquor store using the Breck Beer Locator online. But if you're local, come down, check out the farmhouse. If you're around today, we're doing live shows all day here at DNVR. And if you mention DNVR, you get 10% off your tab. So come down, vibe with the gang, 
come enjoy yourselves at the at the Breck Farmhouse. Dude, it's pretty cool to see the whole crew here. See yeah. all the different beats that are here. All hanging out. Yeah, knowing that it's all like an actual work day, like we all kind of kind of kind of got to be on at some point. <laughs> Everyone in the in the green room behind the scenes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hanging. I mean, the green room where we're like sitting out right out in the front of the restaurant. Yeah, that's literally we just like commandeered two yeah. booths basically. <laughs> P.S. The Brussels sprouts here, oh I, amazing. God, dude, they're so good. Can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with their food here. It's all delicious. Yeah, there's there's no misses. Uh, also brought to you by Illegal Pete's. If you're not getting out here, there are 11 Illegal Pete's locations between Colorado and Arizona, which you got to check out. Uh, they have happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m., so if you want to go grab a drink there, also a great place to do it. They have the materials, materials, ingredients, ingredients is the word I was I like materials. For. The materials. Yeah. For, uh, when what? I order groceries, I'm, I'm you're, ordering you're getting materials. kitchen materials. <laughs> Technically correct. All yep. right. Yep, 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 yep. They at Illegal Pete's have whatever your dietary restrictions may be, whether you're just on a specific diet like keto or something, or if you need to be gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, you name it, they have fresh ingredients to make sure you're covered. So check it out. Go ask them for whatever it is you might need. Illegal Pete's will take care of you. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. The Gabe Landeskog conversation puts the abs in an interesting spot because originally the abs were targeting that guy to be back before the trade deadline you at least get a look at maybe what this team looks like as constructed without a a deadline move yep now you've moved that return almost certainly past the trade deadline yeah so you have to make these decisions in a world where you don't get to see gabe landiscott back in the lineup yeah how does this affect the Avs going into that conversation? Well, I think with the uncertainty of Landis Cog's availability in general, I think it opens up the Avalanche to explore wing options. Sure. You know, and, and funny enough, one of the well, a great option would have been Andre Kuzmenko. Not anymore. <laughs> um, before Vancouver continues to be inexplicable in their approach to <laughs> major surgery. Signing him to a two-year deal. Yeah. Well, their major their major surgery can just apparently is resign as many of the guys <laughs> and try and run it back. <laughs> what? I yeah. I we'll have that conversation on another day. I think. But yeah, I they anyway. Kuzmenko would have been a great option. Um, but that's I think I think with the Landeskog news, you are saying okay, we can open up the doors to wings because I do think that the conversation was predominantly focused on centers especially especially a middle six center not necessarily a 2C but a guy that you could maybe drop in that spot get away with yeah yeah like because when we talk about Jonathan Taves look Guys, Jonathan Taves is just not very good anymore. Is he really a 2C? Probably not. I don't think he's really a, a 2C dude anymore. And I think and, and I think the price to acquire him is going to reflect that. But when yes, you go I, I when you walk down when you walk down all the different options at center, who's the perfect option? Paul Horvat's the best player playing the best. But also going to cost a, a he's, mountain. He's yeah. going to cost a ton in assets, and you know, you guarantee 
that he's you gone. You will not yeah. be able to re-sign him. You will not be able to keep him. Yep. You know that you are paying for 18 regular season games and however many postseason games you end up playing. And then he's gone. And then yep. that's it. And you, none of those assets are, are in your organization. You don't get to make that move again. You're weaker doing it all over. So that's the best player, but it's the, it's the costliest. It's the biggest risk. It's the highest risk, highest reward situation. Okay? Sean Monahan is the name that keeps getting connected. I just, I just wouldn't go even, there. Even before, even before you had injury issues. Yeah. Sean, oh, okay. Jonathan Taves, we just touched on. You know, yep. Luke mentions it, but Max Domi. A guy who's having a great year, but also playing huge minutes in Chicago. Right. And playing, and, well, and, and you still have inconsistency issues with him and that have plagued him his entire career. Yeah. And we saw he got he got put into a position in Carolina last year to kind of be that next and guy he, that pushed them over. And he wasn't And he did dude. nothing for them. Yeah. He did nothing for them. Yeah. All right, so now now Sean Monahan, injury issues. You don't even know how good that guy is. He was a stylistic misfit before. Stylistic misfit now. His skating didn't get any better. Ryan O'Reilly, okay. Well, there's a 31-year-old that he checks a lot of boxes for you. He's hurt. Yep. How is he going to come? Currently injured. <laughs> yeah, with a broken foot. How is he going to come back from injury, and how is he going to look? And what's he going to be, you know, question marks there. Are you going to be able to re-sign him in the offseason? What's the cost to get him? Would St. Louis seriously deal their captain to their blood rival right now? Yeah, it's a tough look. And I think it helps them that he is a UFA at the end of the year. Yeah. So you're probably not talking about a guy sticking around, but you never know. You never. Yeah, I think there's a better chance that an O'Reilly stays than a Bohor. I would agree with that. Which is, I, which I, is why I I, I just don't know that, that the odds up. that O'Reilly stays is particularly high. Right. But better than Bohor. Okay. I agree. Well, last night we saw Adam Henrique do what Adam Henrique does. And, and look, head to head, Adam Henrique blew the doors off Nathan McKinnon. Yep. And, you know, is that going to be a consistent night in and night out thing? I don't He's know. He's been but. one of their only good players this year. He has Who? driven he has driven play at a really high level and been good defensively. I, the I, big question there, his contract is this year and next. He's get another year. How much is Anaheim willing to eat? Of I think it's a 5.9 cap hit. Something like that. That cap hit yeah. is too high for Colorado today. But Roar can say whatever he wants about being moved. He doesn't have any trade protection. Uh, so whatever he says doesn't really matter. The, the thing with Henrique too, though, is there are some stylistic questionable fits well, and, there with and Colorado. Is he going? Too. Is he going to be a good fit there? Because he's not a natural fit now into how the Avalanche want to play. All right. So now, now you're you've got problems there. Um, plus, you don't know what the price is to acquire Adam Henrique. What are the Ducks even asking for? So you you have question marks there. You have. You know, I have mentioned Nick Schmaltz. Arizona's not moving him, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, that was my pie in the sky. This is who I would be. In a perfect world. This is who yeah. I'd be gunning hard for at the deadline to try and go get. So you, where do you go from there? there all of those options have major pros and cons. Yeah. Okay? So instead of instead of that, you know, and, and as Chad has mentioned, with, with Alex Newhook kind of, Growing up before our eyes, do you think a given six more weeks, maybe he is ready to take that job? See, the thing is, I don't know that it's just Alex Newhook, but it's possible that you could make it work 
with a combination of Alex Newhook and Evan Rodriguez right now, where, look, Evan Rodriguez, a little bit hot and cold at times. You, you live with some of that. If you start to get more consistency out of Alex Newhook, Newhook can fill that role. When Erod's hot, you can play the hot hand. Maybe you could make it work that way. I'm not saying that's what they should do, but yeah. it's an option that they need to consider. Yeah, and so you have those considerations. If you think that internally between Erod and Newhook, if you can get that role done, if you can get done, that yeah. role filled, then that opens up. You know, what about Boone Jenner? I guess my answer would be, what about well, Boone Jenner? I, I do, if we're going to get into this winger conversation, I do want to have a talk about what archetype of winger you're actually looking at. Because there's a pretty big difference. Take Vlad Tarasenko, for example. That's a guy you could target on the wing if you wanted to. But that, <laughs> yeah. that guy is not playing a similar role to someone like Gabe Landeskog. No. They're two very different options. So if you are looking at wing, are you looking at, at someone to fill a the power forward type role or are you open to something a little bit different? No, I mean I think I think it would you would open it up to, you know, you do have conversations about a Gus Nyquist or a Jesse Pooley Yarvey. Two players that I name off the top of my head who are completely different style of players. Yeah. It so you're willing to explore options at the very least. Yeah, well, and, and Chad makes, mentions James Van Riemsdyk. I have no interest personally. In Me either. James Van uh, but but. Th when you talk about, hey, that's a guy that goes to the front of the net, he yeah. tips pucks, he fights down low. Guy's, guy's been a pigeon his entire life. It's true. Pretty successful with it. Having a decent year in Philadelphia right now, like he's, he's doing okay for himself. So you, you do look at a guy like JVR and say, could you, could you fit that guy? The one thing, the one, the one name that I haven't mentioned, and I do think this is my like dream, like I'm, I don't think this is realistic, but I think I would be calling and asking is Dylan Larkin. He'd be fun. That's because you sure. have no stylistic problems with yeah. that fit. You have you have no issues about um, a long term. You know, yes, you would need to try to re-sign him, and that would present its own problems. I think it's the Bo Horvat problem. You're probably not keeping him. Yeah. What's the cost to get him? All of those things hurt. But you are, you're, I mean, there's another guy that you could, that's the guy that I think has the least question mark attached to him uh, overall. Because with Bo Horvat, like, you love what Bo Horvat, Bo Horvat has done this year, but he's also scoring at a pace that he's not going to continue to score at. Uh... You're kind of just yeah, waiting for him to drop you, off the You know table. there's a there's a coming back to earth moment there. Yeah, for sure. and with Dylan Larkin, you're not looking at a guy that's having that kind of year. You know what you're getting at. Him, yeah, exactly. Sure. He just continues to be Dylan Larkin. It's, it, it's tough, right? Because I think realistically, if the Avs are being aggressive at this trade deadline, they want a top six player. They want someone of the caliber of Dylan Larkin, of a Bo Horvat, of a Vlad Tarasenko. But you get into this conversation where what assets do the Avs have to give up? How much are they willing yeah. to give up now and sacrifice a little bit of that future? Look, I'm, I'm willing to put both first-round picks, you know, this year and next uh, on the table. Um, Oscar Olausen. For the right deals, for sure, yeah. Oscar Olausen, Eustace Ananen, all of these guys for me are on the table for everything. The only guy that I am absolutely not, I'm just not touching. I don't know how you can touch JLF it's, right it's, now. Well, it's, it's Sean Barron's. That, too, on the defensive side. I, JL, I, look, if, if I would move JLF in a deal for 
a Dylan Larkin. Sure. I, I like, would, that, it, but it has to be that caliber of player. I think I would probably pitch the first before I pitch JLF. Me too, because JLF's going to help you next year. And right. The first is Exactly. But I'm that just, would be it. Then. Well, I'm just saying for a draft that people are hyping up as an all-time first round. Sure. You can see where JLF is going to help this team. A first rounder that's going to be 22 well, plus. And, and is the, does the first rounder end up better than JLF? There's a chance. Definitely, of course. it could happen. You know, because as excited as we are about about Jean Luc Foudy, um, who congratulations by the way was named to the AHL All Star Game today, well deserved as a replacement for Brad Hunt, who is kind of stuck in the NHL <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Not an NHLer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, JLF just right now looks like the most. I don't want to say predictable, reliable, but maybe surefire. He looks like the 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 one that you feel the strongest can help you in the will be in the more immediate in the next sure. year or two. Now, how good does he end up being? I don't know how and I don't know how good he ends up being. You know, sure, that guy might end up being a, a bottom six grinder type for you, and you know, I I get that his body type doesn't fit that archetype, but yeah, he's shown that he can function in the NHL to a certain level already. Yeah, and if you want to dream on him, you know, maybe he's a middle six second line type guy to you, but. Yeah, he doesn't have to get to that level to be effective in the NHL for Colorado. I mean, I think I think your best hope here, like your best case scenario, is Alex Newhook becomes your two C. Yep. And JLF replaces JT Comfer at three C. Yeah, I I I think that would be the perfect I think, scenario. And as I well. think it's also unlikely. I think he's more likely going to end up on the wing in the NHL. I just it's, defensively, I just think that's where it's headed. It's so hard to play quality center defense when you're that small. Yeah. yeah well, and and when you you get into three and four C, you're not talking about guys that have his skill set. Yep. You are talking about he's just sort of an archetypal misfit there. Agree. And, and plenty of players have made that work in history. Rocco Grimaldi did it for a handful of years in Nashville. As a wing, though. It, I get it. Not as a center. It's harder to do as a center. You're, it, those guys are so much harder to find. The more offensively inclined three Cs are so much harder to find. You have to develop the other aspects of your game to become more like a John Mitchell. Where you are, you are guys that, that win a lot, and I've I've compared JLF to John Mitchell before, yeah. and said that I could see him ending up there, but he has a lot of aspects of his game he needs to work on, in the defensive zone uh, and at the center position in order to to, to get to something like that. But I agree with you that JLF would be a guy that I am really very very reluctant to move. Yeah. Olauson, I'm I'm willing to move more because I think he's going to have value. Well, he has value, and the Avs have forward prospect and depth. In the they world have of, some range there. In the world of winning the press conference, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, this guy was a recent first-round pick who's just having his first pro year. Yep, He's big, he's a good skater, and he's got a great shot. What's not to love? You can sell people on that for sure. Um, and if you, if you don't think that winning the press conference is a thing that GMs care about, you're lying. Well, I, I, you're as wrong. much as anything, it's a value proposition, right? Like, Nothing against some of the other abs prospects. Sampo Ranta just doesn't hold a lot of value right now. Yeah. There are there are other guys in the abs organization that aren't going to have the value that the pedigree of a first round pick can give players. So mm. it's late night. <laughs> every night's a late night. <laughs>
unimportant. I, I, I'm not even saying it like that. We just don't go to bed on game nights. Like, yeah. We got work to do. That's how it goes. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, um, JLF, very uh, very important to the Avs, Sean Barons. I think it would be very hard for me to move. I, again, the I Avs don't, know. don't have the options on their defensive prospect pool. I honestly even. just don't know where you – like, what what deal would you – like, I would move Sean Barons in a Nick Schmaltz deal because he is a he is a true blue, bona fide top six center. He's signed for three more years at $5.8 million, what? which is a very affordable number. So what does the rest of that deal look like? Because Barons has to bring the rest of that price down. I mean – Barons and next year's first. See, I would really struggle to give up Barons and a first. And I get the Evs don't have second rounders to play with, so That's that my makes thing. it awkward. But That's really my thing. It's it's just a tough spot because I really do think Barons should be that important to Colorado where like they should yeah. they should essentially treat it as, as better than a first round pick. I mean their, his importance to Colorado is going to be higher than his NHL upside. That's definitely true. And that's where you're going to struggle to sell another team. To find team an equal value. Because they're going to yeah. be like, okay, well, if we're replacing a first-round pick with Sean Barron's, then I need to be very confident that Sean Barron's is going to be a top four, four defenseman. Sure. Yeah. A guy that is going to play at least 18 minutes a night for me. And he's still a couple years away from that. And, yeah, and, and you don't know what his transition to pro hockey is going to look like. So uh, I think I, that's my struggle with Barron's value is higher to the Avs than he is to another team in a deal because of their future, because of their well, prospect pool, because of all these that's factors. That's kind of the point of an untouchable player, right? Well, <laughs> most of the time, the point of an untouchable player is we think that guy's going to be so good, I'm not moving him. The Avs have kind of put themselves in this position. And again, totally worth not trying to say that they, it was a bad spot that they're no, in. No, totally worth. Obviously. Uh, being in the position that they're in. But it, it, is a, it, it is a reality that we talk about him as untouchable because of his value to the Avs, not because of how good it, we think he's going to be in the NHL. It, right. It's If we thought he was going to replace Devon Taves, he'd be untouchable for an entirely if, different reasons. If we thought he was going to be replace Devon Taves, he'd would not have made it to another year of college, I suspect. But Devontae's I get it. Didn't debut in the I NHL until he was twenty five years old. And two years from now maybe we're having that conversation, but we're not having that conversation today. Yeah. And there's nothing in Maybe he does replace Devontae's maybe he does have that upside. We don't know. And but if he does the Ezra laughing all the way to the bank. Oh yeah. But <laughs> well so is he. <laughs> also true. <laughs> but that's kind of my point, though, is that we talk about him as untouchable because of his value to the organization, whereas another organization is going to say, yeah, that's a good prospect. You guys are treating him like a blue-chip prospect. You guys are treating him like he's one of the top 20 and, prospects well, in the and, entire world, and he's not. And, and, and I get that, and, but the reality of the F situation is their defensive prospect list goes Sean Barons and now Ryan Merkley. Yeah. And that's it. That uh, Yes, look, I get it. Chris Romain is in the organization. Nikki Lieberman exists. But if you're being realistic about NHL upside. Just in case their families happen to be <laughs> listening today. I'm sorry, but. Not trying to forget <laughs> those guys. 
it's it's let's be realistic here. Yes, yes. obviously those are guys that you that would have longer and, roads and, and lower expectations and for. Especially with the way the Zaravlyov thing unfortunately played out, he's no longer realistically a prospect in the organization. Yeah. People mention Kovalenko; they're not going to. I would be very surprised if they moved him. They are perfectly content no. to wait him. They out. will it, as soon as he wants to come to North America. Yep. The talks will begin. <laughs> yep. Uh, obviously, Kovalenko killing it this year in the KHL, but uh, a different conversation there. Uh, for now, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can go bet on the NBA right now with a new account. Sign up with code DNBR. Bet $5. You don't even have to get the game correct. You just get $200 in free bets for signing up and throwing the bet down. So once you have 200 bucks, you can go bet on whatever you want. Uh, did we did we figure out who were we talking about the other night to score a goal? It wasn't EJ. We're talking about it was Ben, ben Myers. Ben Myers. It was Ben oh, Myers. Oh yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah, 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 Ben Myers. At a certain point, that just becomes a value proposition. But did you did you see what I tweeted out last night about him being cursed? I did. And then with his Corsi numbers. Yeah, with the perfect hundreds across 12, the board zero. and just. <laughs> I, I, Come on. I've been saying he's been cursed for like a month now. So Come on. I mean, you know me. I don't really believe in stuff like that. No, I know. I and don't so, either. But now, but now I'm starting to Ben Myers might wonder. convince you. <laughs> ben Myers is my breaking point. I, whatever deal he made with the devil to score that goal early in the year. All right. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the rebound yeah. of that. <laughs> We wanted to beat Minnesota so badly. We were we were cool with it at the time. <laughs> at the moment. And now we're just kind of like, oh. It's not great. It's it's a struggle. But if uh-huh. you, you guys are talking about Barrett Hayton. He's no. bad. I have no interest in Barrett Hayton. Same. Uh, if you're interested in, in gambling on uh, hockey in any way, shape, or form, I don't know that they have their trade deadline stuff set up yet, but they will have odds on that on where certain players go. Uh, in the meantime, you can bet on things like uh, Nico to win the Rocket. Yeah. I, I think it quietly remains a decent bet. Like, did, uh, did, did Pasternak sign his new deal yet? Can we bet on that? Did he sign it? I don't know. I don't know if he signed it either. I'm just assuming it's going to be eight years at 11. 11 million. something. Yeah. yeah. That's my I, guess. I was, I, 11.5 was my thought. Um, it's not going to be a cheap deal. Put that yeah. uh, put that to bed for sure, but you know, look if you think Boston is is going to stay hot, you can put money on them. You can go any way you want with it when it comes to DraftKings, as long as you use the DNVR code when you sign up. Get those two hundred dollars in free bets. Must be twenty one or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details or the show notes down below. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred. Five two two four seven hundred. We're also brought to you by the amazing Game Time app. Over fifteen million people have used it to get their tickets. There's a link down in the description of the video for that too. If you want to get abs tickets or tickets to any other sporting event in the country, you can get prices up to sixty percent off when it comes to Game Time. So go check them out. The link down there helps us out a little bit too. Uh, they have all the good stuff that you would expect whether it's uh, views from sight lines from every seat that you're looking at or all sorts of other options. You can get same-day tickets, all of the great stuff. You can get it through the Game Time app. Use the link down in the description. Get yourself hooked up via Game Time with whatever tickets you need. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. 
Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try to be fast producers, I promise. We'll keep the third period short. Uh, <laughs> we do have a super chat here, which we can hit. $20 from the amazing Drew, always so generous. If you went for a wing instead of a center, I'm assuming is what you mean, do you think that Kane would have a reasonable price tag to re-sign if they went that route given his age? I have absolutely no idea what Patrick Kane's market will look like. Value and future contract, absolutely no clue. I also yeah. think that he really wants to play in the Northeast. You think so? Yeah. Okay. So not boating well for Colorado then. <laughs> yeah. I think Patrick Kane is the one that gets connected and like Claude Giroux and ends up picking an Eastern team. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. It is what it is. I do. I think there's a much better chance that Jonathan Taves wants to come to Colorado than Patrick Kane. Well, especially if you're looking at it as like an extension type of deal. A healthy Avalanche team is pretty crowded in their top six wings. Yeah. Yes, it makes sense for this year, maybe, because of the Landeskog situation. But when you're talking about an extension, it starts to get weird on how those guys might fit into the yeah. lineup. So I'm really not too sure about that. Um, beyond that, I, I did want to touch on this very quickly, even though it's a little bit of a departure from this conversation. Interest in defensemen from the Avalanche heading towards the trade deadline. We keep talking about Andreas England as like, hey, maybe he's played this well and this and that. but And then he has a game also, where you're like, maybe not. Well, it's also obvious that even with Curtis McDermott out there, even with some of these other cats, they don't trust him. His, his ice time is it's limited. True. It's very true. He's less trusted than Brad Hunt. He's less trusted than Curtis McDermott. Uh, and I just think that that's reality, is that, that they don't trust him in a... Late January game in against Anaheim to protect a 3-1 lead. They're not putting him out there. They're putting Curtis McDermott out there multiple times to blow them leads. Yeah. Like, that's telling. The front office isn't going to be like, well, we're not going to go get Jack Johnson because this guy. X, Y, Z. Yeah. And Jared Bednar's like, what? But I won't even play that guy 10 minutes. What do you say? <laughs> like, remember, remember Jack Johnson's role last year? You know, the 10-15... The minutes that he would play depending on yep. how he would play he got into the postseason and it was like 12 yeah pretty rock steady and by the end of it it was like eight yeah they're not trading for scott mayfield that would be a way really, too expensive yeah way too expensive for a guy that just doesn't add that much impact yeah exactly well and a guy that a guy that where does he play you're waiting for an injury for that guy to play uh, and that's you know again, and, and he'd be a great he'd be a great seventh guy, but you're waiting for an injury and, for him and, to play, and that's where that conversation on defense gets tough. Again, at this point, you're expecting Manson and Byron back after the All Star break. You have your healthy six. And the, however, you feel about EJ as the sixth guy, whatever he's your sixth guy. Totally, you're not playing. Certainly not a Scott Mayfield over yeah. Eric Johnson. Uh, so the Avs are realistically looking at a 7th D here, not a, a guy who's going to have a significantly high level of impact on the yeah. defensive side. A guy that may play zero minutes for you in the, in the postseason. Genuinely, yeah. So If you have a deep run, it's unlikely, but it's there. It's, it's a possibility. It's, it's interesting to, uh, archetypally, a guy like that, you're looking for someone who just doesn't hurt you. You're not totally. going to look for a ton of offensive upside or anything like that. That's why we talk about Jack Johnson and Luke Shens of the world, like guys that are guys that have kind of done this, you know, that have lived that 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 role before. Yeah, it it, it 
you don't have to overcomplicate that one, I think, is, yeah. is really the conversation there. Yeah. So I think that the, the defenseman conversation is a more of, a, more of an offseason. I think it could get interesting, uh, yeah. but not until then. And Well, EJ's contract being up, you have a whole thing at that yeah, point. Yeah, and you could, you could go and look for value-free agents, you know, find a guy. Can you get a guy on a $2 million deal or something, you know? There will be a lot of interesting guys out there that you can have conversations about. Chat can't see this, but can I just say I appreciate whoever did the job of putting the icons on all of the the stuff you can. That was you on the on the homepage where you have all the icons for all the even like the NFL logos. You have the NFL logo on. That's great work. I appreciate that uh, quite a bit. So cluttered. <laughs> I look. We we have to get over the problem of having any icons on your on your home screen yeah, because that is a problem. But <laughs> I know we're the we're the weird ones. I understand. <laughs> uh, I don't have a, a ton else to say here. Is there anything else you want to touch on with Landy and uh, the trade deadline stuff here, AJ? Ooh, Ellie's chiming in. What? No, she's going to talk about. I don't want to make loud icons. sounds. If I touch this mic a lot, it like sounds terrible for the people. Um, I usually people. don't have my home screen so cluttered. It's just because I've had to download everything because our big, big computer decided to stop working on us. Oh, good. Always oh, fun. That's, so what fun. that's what happens when you spend money on Macs. Uh, PC gang confirmed. <laughs> all right. Um, it's actually, I want us to tweet out the picture that Kale took. It's you guys, like, genuinely laughing so hard and having such a good time. And what are you laughing at? You're laughing at me. Which just fits so well. It's like perfect. <laughs> okay, first of all, you're making it sound like we bully you. Uh, I mean, you're very nice. You're very nice. <laughs> but when I was your producer, you did bully me a little bit. That's you bully just, all your producers. I, look, it's not my fault <laughs> that we were sponsored by Manscaped, all right? That's, <laughs> that's not my fault. <laughs> uh, no, uh, we were doing a sound check and Rudo burped right on oh, the mic. Oh, I did do that. This is accurate. <laughs> and I did that's do that. where Kale took a great picture of you guys just <laughs> laughing so hard. It's such a good picture. Boys. And it's because you guys were laughing because it was so loud in my ears and I was yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah, that's what I thought was funny about it was <laughs> that you would put the headset on to just hear, in time to, to get test that, mics yeah. and then Rudo's not even thinking about it. <laughs> He's like, Bleh! and I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh, Lord. Hi, everyone. And yes, it is me. I've got someone being like, is that you? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Coming out down at the farmhouse. Yes. Out here. We've got a bunch of hours of shows left to do. I'm going to go get some food, actually, is what I'm going to do. AJ, you good? I'm good, man. All right. We're going to get out of here for the day. We will, of course, be back tomorrow. The matinee game. Come down to the bar. Some Yo. mimosas and hockey. These people keep talking about the Islanders. Trade for Bovillier. I'm in. There you I go. am in on Bovillier. I'm go. here for that. We are out of here. We appreciate all of y'all, and we will talk to you tomorrow.